Welcome back to the Ronnie and Ernie show. My name is Ron Williams. Ronnie, um, with a Y. I am a sommelier and wine specialist, and I am here with... I am Ernie Zahn. I am a filmmaker, and it looks like our um, laundry cycles are synced up because it's a month later and we have the same clothes on. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Yeah. Uh, How could this have happened? I don't know. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing yeah. grand. Yes. I you, have. Um, what are you here, drinking today? This is Iris Vineyards, Willamette Valley, Chalice Vineyard Chardonnay. Is it Iris or Iris? It's Iris. <laughs> okay. It's Iris. <laughs> okay. There's a big I, like an I, because you're supposed to say Iris. Ah, uh, yes, gotcha. it's I, iconography to communicate language. That's correct. Yes, Picto- pictography. Yes, pictography. Um, Oregon is remarkably like Burgundy, and so yeah. Oh my! In terms God, of the uh, terroir, the uh, exactly, the exactly. How do you know? How do you know that word? Um, you know, I have had that in the deck, that word, for the longest time, because I have no idea what it means, and I, I don't know really? if you've noticed, but I throw it out there. <laughs> you say it all Quite the time. often, and I'm like, one day, it's going to be in the right context. It's, it's like, I don't know what it means, but one day I'm going to say it, and it's going to fit. <laughs> and I'm, it's kind of like how I got through the SATs. <laughs> Terroir is, so it's all the, so it's like the location, the physical, like where in the world it is, Uh Um, the soil, the climate, the environment, right? And uh, depending on how far you want to take it, like the conditions of like the winery and, Mm. and, you know, the winemaking process and like, it's, it's intense, but basically terroir is is the place of where all the factors that make a place unique. And so the terroir of Burgundy and the terroir of Oregon are very, very similar Hmm. in terms of soil types, temperature ranges, climate. Um, So they grow the same grapes and, and they are spectacular. I think, we Quite should have an episode about terroir. We totally can. I'm down for totally that. Can. I'm here for that. That sounds good. That is that is a very that's a high level concept, mm-hmm. but like it it's holy shit that amazing. Well, uh, we got plenty of tape here. Yeah. Who, hey, who <laughs> is your tape rolling? I have literally eighteen cassette tapes ready to go for this camera, so we're good. So, uh, this is the Ronnie and Ernie show, right? This is. Last week, last month, we talked about Ronnie. That's you. Yes, that's me. And today, we're talking about... Ernie. That's me. Yes. All right, so, um, why don't you tell us your origin story here, your backstory, uh, why... Spider-Man... Yeah, you're Spider-Man 1. Um, why 
film and storytelling and all that like what why i love to tell this story okay 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 i don't know if it's actually terribly interesting but i love to tell it because it's i guess because it's my story i i have a i have a bias right but uh when i was a little kid i was five let's say i was absolutely obsessed with nature and uh just all the all the interesting and fascinating and breathtaking things about the world and then from that um it it went on to space exploration so in a sense the universe right so everything our world and then also in the context of everything else around it and um i uh yeah i I was just obsessed. Uh, I even got to a point where um, I had memorized all of the different NASA missions dating way back to the early... Really? Like Gemini programs and uh, the first spacewalks. What was Apollo 9? Apollo 9. There was Apollo 8, and I don't think there... um, I... It's been, okay, so this was when I was five years old that I memorized these things. Okay, all right, all right, fair enough. Yeah, at one point, that's what it was all about for me. Um, Then around uh, eight years old, two things happened that um, shifted me away from that because there was this, uh, this, this interest, this fascination, this curiosity, this insatiable desire to explore. Um, But um, I didn't really have a, um, besides just reading about it in children's books and whatever else I could get my hands on to learn about it, there there wasn't really sort of like a connected to action. Like how do how do I interact with this? What is what is the thing that I do with this? How do I feel about this? How do I express the way I feel about this? And um, so at one point I wanted to be an astronaut and then for like a hot second and then um, I watched Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. And yeah. uh, you know, at the time I was, you know, too young to really kind of wrap my head around what actually from a production standpoint was happening to make this film possible. But I knew that this wasn't like really happening out there in space, that this was a fictionalized story. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I just, I had been exposed to film and television and media before, but this was the film that made me think, Oh my goodness, this, desire I have to explore and understand the universe this is something I can do through storytelling and and I saw that with 2001 and then in that same year um, one of my parents Amy she um, she had a a sort of a a passion for filmmaking and uh, did a lot of uh, independent work um, but um, it was always more of like a um, a side passion, right? Just one one of the many things that uh, that she was she was passionate about. Slight technical hiccup there. Uh, we're back now, and uh, we're fine. We're all fine here. How are you? <laughs> That's a Star okay. Wars reference. Yes, it um, is. Yes, it so, is. yeah. Uh, one of my parents, Amy, um, 
took me to a flea market yeah. actually and bought me a yeah. Super 8 camera. So for folks who don't know what a Super 8 camera is, because it's a very it's a very antiquated way of <laughs> Do you have to wind it like this? <laughs> close, you don't it does have batteries, so you don't have to do that. Okay. Uh, but actually hang hang on one second. I can it's not the a same exact one. It is the same models, the same make and model. It's not the same exact camera. Can I I'll bring it out one second? Show and tell. Yeah, Ready? yeah. Go, go. All ahead. right, we're back. Go ahead. Show and tell. So this is a Super 8 camera. Um, it is. Uh, it it uses movie film, and uh, so motion picture film. Make sure make sure it's in focus here. Um, yeah. it's a Canon 514XL camera and it is a um, pretty handy dandy camera and it's a built in zoom lens it takes uh, cartridges that you load in here um, with motion picture film um, it's a super skinny like so the movie film up until like I mean uh, some, some directors still use movie film but uh, the who still uses movie film Spielberg, Tarantino, they actually shoot Christopher Nolan film. Every Christopher Nolan film has been shot on motion picture film. Same with really Spielberg, Scorsese. Just as of Wolf of Wall Street, switched to digital. Okay. And right. uh, Tarantino, um, his plan is when he, from everything I've been able to understand, he is relieved that he's already preparing to exit film the film industry i mean or at least his film career because he's he's his plan was always 10 films 10 great films before he like loses touch as a photographer as a filmmaker and um right now motion picture film is still readily available to directors like him so he uh yeah he he sees the change coming and he's glad that he's already kind of on his way out everything I've been able to surmise. Some other filmmakers are still holding to it, um, where other filmmakers like Steven Soderbergh, Peter Jackson, they ardently embrace new technology and digital and all that stuff and tweak their what own. What about, like, uh, Werner Herzog? Werner Herzog? Uh, Werner Herzog is, is a pragmatist from what I've been able to understand from interviews okay. and things like that. He... He does not have any sort of special love or nostalgia for it that would require him to commit to that kind of expense because motion picture film is expensive compared to digital. Can you right? say motion picture film like Werner Herzog, please? Motion picture film. Motion picture film. I made the documentary in the Junga. Um, so uh, look up Werner Herzog. Uh, so yeah, it's... It's a super, super eight camera. It's a super, <laughs> it's a super small gauge of film. So the one that the Hollywood elites use is 35 millimeter, which is about this wide, which doesn't look like a lot of space, but film negatives have a lot of information for such a little frame. So when you blow that up to a movie theater screen, it actually looks pretty good. Um, super eight film, on the other hand, if you've watched The Wonder Years or... Um, or anything that's kind of like got some sort of like 60s nostalgia. It was a popular like home movie camera in the 60s, 70s, that sort of thing. The Wonder um, Years? 
the Wonder Years. Yeah, with Fred Savage. Was was shot on Super Eight? No, no, but like you oh, know, oh. like I think the opening credits use Super Eight, or like okay, they had right. little snippets. You know, I'm sure the Goldbergs probably used that at some point, but that was probably more the camcorder era. I don't know, but okay. it's 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 now used as a way to indicate like uh, nostalgia or like a retro kind of look right okay yeah it's um it's a very sort of rough around the edges thing but it's great if you're learning how to make film and i would even make the argument that it's a great tool for present day filmmakers because the little cartridge that you put in here first of all it's not cheap it's like 50 bucks or something like that and you only get at 18 frames a second 18 pictures per second about three minutes or if you're shooting in sound, which is what we're doing right now, which is 24 pictures per second or 24 frames per second, you get about two and a half minutes. So uh, just like with film photography, it, it, it requires you to put a lot of thought before you actually make the decision to roll the camera, right? That's, wow. that's a better expression, expression come from. People still say rolling or roll the camera. Yeah, with digital yeah, cameras, yeah. there's nothing moving in there. It's yeah. completely just, it's, it's a card. Yeah. There's nothing moving. So... Yeah, it's uh, this just this idea of, um, you know, think twice, shoot once. Be very present, slow down. Uh, really consider what you're, what you're doing and where you are and why you're doing it. And, uh, and really challenge yourself to, to get the, um, um, the purest and most authentic of your expression. It's not the only way to shoot film. There's a thing called cinema verite, where you actually, the camera's rolling constantly, and you're sort of like a fly on the wall, let's say, kind of just using the camera as a powerful tool of observation. So in that case, I think digital probably makes more sense. Yeah. But, um, but there's still but a good the, value to film, because it, it does... The presence it does, of mind there seems right, it very trains, in line with the... Italian, the Italian mentality, right? It, just going back to our last conversation with um, with everything you're passionate about, you know, I think I think I'm more proud of the work I do when I take the time to really consider what I'm doing, um, how I'm expressing myself, because um, instincts are are great and they're very inspiring. For, for the choices that I make, but I love to be able to combine that with craft as much as possible. So what are the techniques I'm doing? What am, what am I really doing here? Am I doing something that is really a one-to-one? -one? What I see in my mind is what I am creating with the lens. And I sometimes like to think of the camera as a mirror of the universe, right? Of everything that, it's, that, that is before it, right? And um, and really uh, taking the time and the patience to understand what that means every time you commit to a shot, I think uh, I personally end up with work that I'm more proud of. Um, and I, I was really grateful to kind of get that lesson as sort of my foray into filmmaking, doing little stop motion animation films and then doing silent films and then eventually moving into videotape like and we're joking about tapes but oh my god i used to shoot on tape in high yeah. school and it was yeah. maddening i the two the two eras of cameras that i've appreciated the most are, are present day because it's affordable and it's uh it's not so encumbering and uh and then the film era because 
the look is beautiful the colors are beautiful but again that you know the appreciation of slowness and taking your time with it um the tape era was just i'm so glad it's done it's garbage i don't like it <laughs> um but that's more the technical stuff right yeah going back to the storytelling um i'm still learning what that means i I think more to the point of what you were saying last time about the more you learn about wine, the more you realize you don't know. And I would say that's definitely true for me with storytelling. Um, it's uh, as much as the camera is a mirror to the universe that it's uh, that it stands before. It's um, my my relationship to the camera and all the other tools that make movies possible. Um, I, I I see that as as a mirrored relationship and. The more uh, smoke there is between us, the harder it is for me to understand. When there's less smoke between these two mirrors, these tools almost feel like extremities to me. And um, I think uh, part of that is just living my life and keeping up that insatiable curiosity and um and also just looking at filmmaking as as a methodology for healing um my expression i find it in my process for journaling i find it in um, doing my best to be clear and honest which i unfortunately i have to admit i i struggle with a lot um, because i have a lot of fear behind it that i'm trying to work on but I know that every time I go for it, I feel a lot better, and the best form of my expression comes through. And uh, filmmaking has long been my my chosen method for personal expression. And um, more often than not, it's it's the space where I feel the least amount of fear with my my um, my deep desire to be honest. And to uh, discover uh, uh, and, and d d discover uh, everything that's that's around me too. Wow, that's um, that is rather profound. And uh, thank you for sharing that. And yeah. I also feel like I need to thank you for um, your influence on me as. Um, in terms of film and photography, just uh, over the course of knowing you and you know learning more about filmmaking and and the technical, the more technical aspects of of that, um, and also you know telling a story, not just producing content for the sake of producing content, having it mean something. Um, you have been integral in shaping that and so the look a lot of the look of the bon vivant um is due to your influence and so thank you for that i am well, very very grateful for that I, and i and i you know i really do mean this i i love working with you i think that i think we offer i think we offer great value to each other and I think that there's a great alignment on certain ideas and perspectives, and then there's enough new stuff 
where we can teach each other and support each other. That yes. um, makes for a really good relationship working together creatively. Yes. And um, uh, that's something I've always appreciated about um, our dynamic. Um, and uh, to that point, um, I don't want necessarily want to do this as like a big commercial plug or anything like that, but it makes me think about maybe what we should talk about for the next episode. Yes. Which is a complete 180, but it's our comedy. Look, EP. it's, it's, because, it's our content. Yeah. Know? And I think about, you know, from the heart, these last two episodes, these have been the most sincere and, um, filled with love episodes that we've done so far. We haven't yeah. made too much of a deliberate effort to be silly. I mean, minus a little sprinkling of it here and there, but, yeah. uh, you know, I think about it, you know, part of, part of the aspect of comedy that I really love, especially working together with comedy is it's just, it's truth and joy. And in a sense, it's also love. Um, yeah. it just, it just comes out a different way. <laughs> Um, all kinds of love exactly so <laughs> my I, love language is wine <laughs> my love language I guess is filmmaking and um, and uh, jokes good jokes yeah uh, so maybe we should yeah we should end with a joke let's end with a joke do you have one ready I have one ready you know you already did do Oh no, this is... Okay, I got one for you. Ready? Okay. Because I feel like you might get it, but I'm going to get you. Okay? Okay. All right, ready? What is a pirate's favorite letter? Arr! No, matey, that'd be the C. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, you just opened up a can of worms because I've been pushing for something for quite a long time. Someday soon, we need to end on a song. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not this one. <laughs> but uh, you, you, got a, you got some more wind in you. Let's hear it. <laughs> Do you recognize the two? Uh, um... Give me a hint. So, it's when SpongeBob walks into the Krusty Krab. It's the Krusty Krab. <laughs> it's like the establishing shot theme of the Krusty Krab. I love it. Um, it's a real song, though. It's called the Rake Hornpipe. But, yeah. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I found it. It's, it's like a tin whistle. It's a penny whistle? It's a tin whistle. <clears throat> well, um, I have a guitar here. I, I have can order, a piano. I can, I can order a mandolin. But uh, I have uh, a banjo. Oh, yes. Banjo. All right, let's 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 talk about this, and we'll plan something. Maybe not next time, but at some point we must. Maybe. Okay, we're getting right. closer. Yes, we're getting okay. closer. Okay. Until right, next time. Ciao. Bye. <laughs>